Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Sweet, the Ladies' Guide to Bro Culture. Uh, my name is Gina Bloom, and this is the podcast where I, a transgender stand-up comic, quarantined uh, down in Van Nuys, California, bring on some of my favorite funny ladies to experience bro culture for the first time. And since we're all just watching a lot of TV, there has never been a better time to do that. And on today's show, we are discussing 1997's Academy Award-winning Goodwill Hunting. Yes, this is the movie that brought Matt Damon and Ben Affleck into the American consciousness. It is their screenplay that they wrote for themselves to uh, be the lead and like, you know, supporting pal in the story of Will Hunting, a, a math whiz slash troubled janitor uh, in, in Boston, Mass, who uh, impresses uh, a professor played by Stellan Skarsgård and uh, works out a deal for his parole to, you know, do math things while, you know, going to therapy and he, where he meets his therapist uh, played by the late Robin Williams. And there's a lot of healing and a lot of growth and uh, a lot of accents all over the place. (laughs) Um, Just everywhere. Just a lot of Boston going on. Uh, Also features Academy Award nominee, Minnie Driver as, as the love interest uh, it, it was actually nominated for nine Academy Awards, one, two for, uh, for uh, Matt and Ben and also for Robin Williams. Uh, at the time, uh, most of the critics were pretty complimentary. Uh, Roger Ebert at the time said, the outcome of the movie is fairly predictable. So is the whole story really? It is the in- individual moments, not the payoff that make it so effective. Uh, kind of a lukewarm review, but definitely positive. Uh, hometown critic uh, Jay Carr of the Boston Globe is much more complimentary. He says, even rarer than a breath of fresh air is a breath of fresh Hollywood film. Brainy and heartfelt and right on target, Goodwill Hunting is such a film. Uh, yeah, we're going to talk about that. There is, a, there is a lot to talk about. There's a lot to unpack. And um, before I get into that, I do want to bring on and introduce my guest. My first guest is our Goodwill Hunting initiate. And uh, listeners to the More Banana Network will know her as the host of I'm Listening, the Fraser Fan Podcast, and uh, one of my favorite funny ladies. Please say hello to Anita Flores. Thank you so much for having me. I've been wanting to be on your podcast. I have so. been wanting to have you on the show, I, I, and I know that our producer, Kate, has been requesting this for like a year and a half now. So for as as long as I've been recording on the network, she's been asking me to do this. So here we are. Quarantine has finally brought us together to talk about Goodwill Hunting. And uh, joining uh, us today is our our Goodwill Hunting apologist and Massachusetts native, native, very funny comedian that I have met here and I think she's fucking wonderful. Please say hello to Valerie Tosi. Hi. Hello. It's, I should have told you it's Tossy. I tossy. never correct people. I, you know, I, mean to. I, I keep, no, here's the thing. I keep saying Tossy because that's what I've heard before, but everyone else calls you Tosi. Because so they're wrong. They're wrong. <laughs> they're wrong. I've been saying Tossy since before we even met. It's like, oh, I'm on this show with Valerie Tossy. And they're like, oh, you mean Valerie Tosi? I'm like, I guess. No. I don't know. So I was right the whole time. Fuck them. You know what's funny too is that there's that the, um, Christina Tosi, who's that famous baker who does like milk bar and stuff. Yeah. 
So she goes by Tosi, and that's not doing me any that's not <laughs> favors. Good. So, good. and she's way more famous than me. So it's very frustrating. Well, I, you know, I just yesterday I, I mentioned that you know we were taping this episode, and and I said to, to someone, it's like, hey, and, and Valerie Valerie Tosi is going to be on, and they're like, who is that? And I'm like Valerie, oh, you mean Valerie Tosi? And like I, I, I don't know. So apparently, <laughs> everyone everyone just thinks your name is wrong. It's okay because every, like, basically every time I do a podcast, the first, you know, minute to two minutes is just me telling everybody how you actually pronounce my name. Well, I was, in my defense, I was originally pronouncing it correctly, but, you know, peer pressure got to me. All right. (laughs) All right, Anita, this is your first uh, go round uh, with uh, Goodwill Hunting. Please give us your uh, initial impressions on it. This was a film that was really built up for me. I mean, what, it had 20 years to get built up, I think, or you already said what year it came out in. Uh, But my initial impression is that, you know, I'm not much of a sports gal, except for uh, the Olympics. Big Olympics fan. What do I love? Figure skating, gymnastics. Uh, But the amount of times, uh, there's actually one pivotal scene in this film that kind of flashbacks into like a unforgettable like Red Sox game. So basically my first impression was this feels like a film that people, perhaps white men from Boston would really connect with uh, men in general who like sports. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That was like kind of my first impression. I will say it often, most movies, unfortunately, usually, when they, once they get built up for me, it's like I, I want them to fail. It didn't fail, by it the way. It didn't fail. Wonderful. I did, li- I did enjoy it. I think for me, like the brightest spot was uh, Robin Williams. Yeah. I thought he was yeah. Yeah. amazing in this. Yes. Everyone else, I was like, fine. You're, and, and, you know, I'm no expert on uh, Boston accents. So I don't actually know if Robin Williams was doing an accurate uh, uh, accent. But it was okay because he just had some really great monologues, which I wrote down. <laughs> but my favorite monologue was the one he did when he goes to uh, a park somewhere in Boston with Matt Damon. It's so great. And basically just tells him who the fuck he is. Ooh, can I swear? Oh, yes, you can. Swear it oh, up. God. I yes. Think. You're talking uh, about a movie about Boston, of course. Yes. Swear. <laughs> yes. You have yeah. to. It's required. And he, just, and he just, yeah, he just tells Matt Damon who he is. I am terrible with names. I, except for the, the names of the actual actors. Great yeah. with those. Uh, yeah. So generally the movie was like, I appreciated the movie and the story overall. It was like, it was good. But for me, the true, the biggest standout was just Robin Williams specifically. Love it. All right. Uh, Valerie Tossie. Uh, <laughs> give, give, yes. us, give us give us some context as as you as 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 as, as a mass hold. Tell us uh, tell us the the um, the the the, the cultural uh, groundswell behind Goodwill Hunting since since it's come out twenty three years Ooh. ago. Well, uh, Good Hunting came out, like you said, in 1997, which made me the uh, very impressionable age of 12 years old when this film came Quite, out. Quite, yes, the perfect age, yes. So uh, it's funny because, 
uh, my boyfriend and I, uh, previous guest Jeff May, yes, Jeff, were uh, were chatting, and it it's a movie that makes you very nostalgic for not only your age of how of when the movie came out, but also just being home in general. And there's a lot of things that the movie gets right, and then there's a lot of things where you're like. Okay, we know you guys are from Boston, but like you don't have to like Yeah. It's weird to hear people that already have a Boston accent lean so hard into like making sure that everyone knows they have a Boston accent. Yes. Yes. Cuz I was saying too, I'm like I wonder if the producers and the director on on set was like, "No, we really need you guys to sell the accent." Yeah, yeah, really really lean hard so, into that. It's so heavy-handed. And because, you know, obviously Matt and Ben are from there, but it's still so heavy-handed. And then Robin Williams, who is an amazing actor, not great with the Boston impression. <laughs> so it's very like, oh, that takes you out of it a little bit. But um, and that's always funny. To, I mean, with his character, it makes sense, I guess, because he's supposed to be from Southie. Yeah. But sometimes I'm like, you know, just let people speak. Just because they're in a city doesn't mean they have to always have been from there. You yeah, can just they don't have, them... to have that super regional accent, right? Yeah. Um, but I mean, I, I've loved the movie ever since it came out. And uh, it is a very nostalgic film. And I don't know, just also being from a family and growing up in, you know, I grew up in Lynn, which is right outside the city of Boston. Like, like mm. you know, a couple minutes uh, car ride. And it is, you know, I didn't have, our family didn't have a wealthy background. So I definitely identified, um, kind of with, like, we weren't at like the pop, like the complete poverty level, but it, you know, we struggled a lot and it, it, it definitely kind of, it gets a lot of that. Right. Right. And, um, even when we were watching it last night, like we're doing the rewatch, uh, whenever Ben pulls up to Matt's place, you know, Jeff and I were laughing because he's like, how many places of, of like back home have you pulled up? And it looks exactly like this. <laughs> like all of the like cars in the, the yard. Cars and washing machines and, like, in the yard. Yeah, yeah, like refrigerators on the porch and just like all this shit. I'm like, yep, that's home. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there we are. That's, that's oh. our town. Go ahead. I, I, oh, I agree with you, Anita, that Robin Williams is definitely one of the best parts of that movie, that he's just, his monologues even, you know, it's been a long, it had been a while since I'd watched it and doing the rewatch last night, I was like, man, I forget how good the writing is in, in just his monologues even, where it's so, um, he, it's inc- it really is incredible how good of an actor he is too. Like as a comedian, yes, but like yes. even just such a brilliant actor too. And such a different uh, presence in mm-hmm. than what we you know normally associate with Robin Williams at least through most of his career. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I'm going to tell a little story about you know how this came to be. Like uh, like Valerie had mentioned, uh, previous guest Jeff May uh, had been on the the show about four or five weeks ago talking about Star Wars with another Massachusetts comic, May Wilkerson, and I asked uh, May, who had never seen Star Wars what her Star Wars was. And she said her Star Wars was Goodwill Hunting as, as a Massachusetts wow. person. Yes. That, that, wow. was, that was the movie she watched. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Anita is like, this is, I cannot. This is so fast. No, it's like very fascinating to me because yeah. for one thing, I am, I am not, I was born, I was born in New York, uh, though, did spend age seven to like 17 in West Harvard, Connecticut. Okay. Not really much of an overlap though, 
But then I, my first year of college, I went to college in Newton, Massachusetts at a former junior college. Uh, wasn't even my fourth choice school. I didn't yeah. get into any of the schools I wanted. So I went, I followed my then best friend to her like third choice school, uh, which is LaSalle College. Uh, so I spent a year at a college I didn't like, uh, well, in Boston-ish. Yeah. So I feel like I do also have some negative associations which mm. might play into <laughs> probably some judgments I might have about right. Boston. Uh, but I do find it really interesting. And I envy that, like, the way that people from there connect to this movie. Because I can imagine that if you're from there or you're, you know, a, a place that you grew up reminds you of characters in that movie, that it would, like, strike something in you. Yeah. Well, yeah. especially as being an actor, too, and, like, coming to LA and when, when I moved out here like 12 years ago, one of my best friends had lived out here for a few years, came back home. And then she's like, when you're ready to go back or move to LA, I'll come go back with you. So when we came out together, so of course being from that area, everybody's always like, Oh, are you guys going to be the next Matt and Ben? Are you going to be the next Matt and Ben? And that's like all we ever heard. And like, I feel what, what anybody hears when you're from that area is like, those are the pivotal people even though there's a ton of other people that came from Boston, for whatever reason, those are the ones that you always get compared against. All right, let's, let's get into the film a little bit. Uh, yeah, so Good Will Hunting uh, starts off with, uh, with, you know, young Will. He's, he's, he's mopping floors. He's cleaning classrooms. He sees a math problem, a complex math problem on the wall, and he just can't help himself. He has to go and solve it. And then uh, the professor is called in, at like some sort of like meet and greet over the weekend and he comes in and he checks it out and he says, which one of you kids did this? And they eventually figure out that it was the janitor the whole time that did it. And uh, then, you know, you get into um, like the first half of the movie until Robin Williams arrives is just basically a couple of math bros hanging out, solving equations. And then like, then he'll go and hang out with his other bros and so it's just, it's, it's kind of just dudes hanging. And in fact, I, what I, I didn't even consider this film for the podcast until like Anita said that, that she hadn't seen it. Cause it really is just a bunch of guys hanging out with other guys. It's all this movie is. Yeah. There's different groups of guys hanging out. Um, this movie would fail the Bechdel test so hard. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. But, but you know, as, as women, what does that, what, I mean, what, what point of identification do you have into that, Anita? Like, like what, what can you see? Like, what, what value do you have? Are these, these men characters talking about man stuff, doing man things? All that. I know that people are universal and everyone wants to be heard and valued, but it's also a very bro-y movie. I feel like I didn't think, a great question. And as I'm, I, I, up until two seconds ago, I didn't think there was anything I could relate to, but yeah, I think the thing, and I don't, <laughs> I don't know if this counts. One of my favorite things about the movie is this part that's early-ish on where they send Matt Damon's character to a bunch of therapists, and each yes. time it like he just makes a joke of it. As a person who has been in therapy for many years, I'm a huge fan yeah. of it. Uh, I thought. Especially, well, I mean, with men, I'm sure it has to be different. 
at least yes, some men that I've met, yes. definitely an issue being uh, open about your feelings. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. But I found probably the most relatable thing is the idea or the, the difficulty that comes with connecting in therapy. I think that's what I related to. What, that's interesting yeah. because that's, that's yeah. why Mae Wilkerson said it was her Star Wars. Because, oh, that's so funny. <laughs> it was I like, love her. She, she she's was, so sweet. Yeah, she's the best. And she was like, I was a little girl and I saw this movie and it's from Massachusetts and there's all this therapy. And then she was like, I, I cannot wait to grow up and so I can also go to therapy. So <laughs> that's, I mean, boy, if you haven't been to therapy and that's where you start with that movie, yeah, it is. Yeah, you're uh, right in there. It yeah, really. And, you know, <laughs> not usually how it goes. I mean, it's true. He breaks the rules. He, he does. He absolutely breaks the rules. Yes. He but does. I loved, I love that when they start it, like it almost felt like flirting on the level of like being, <laughs> making a connection, but with your therapist, like it was just like, you know, you see him deflect, 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 and then very slowly. And then there's an entire mm -hmm. session where they don't even talk to each other. And yeah, I really enjoyed watching them like, build their relationship yeah. i would say probably one of the one of the great therapy movies um i, I would I, I would you know yes. that's if, if anything that you get out of goodwill hunting uh i'm not a boston expert but apparently it's a great boston film uh but i would say it's one of the great therapy movies um yeah. definitely like a very dudely version of therapy uh all right valerie same ish question but before we get to that uh just remind me around what age were you before you left uh, Massachusetts for the first time? Uh, do you mean to move LA or just left to like go anywhere else? <laughs> just to like, just to like live a life outside of like, not, 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 not like going on vacation or anything like that, but just to live your life somewhere else. So I, I lived um, when I, uh, I, when I was like 20 ish, I lived in New Hampshire for a little while, but that's, doesn't count because it's the same thing as right, <laughs> all the states right. on New England. They're all so damn small. Yeah. But, um, Still New England. Yeah. I moved to LA, which was like my big and only move uh, in 2008. So I was 23 okay. when I did that. So that was, but even then, like, you know, our family, like I said, we, like, I didn't come for money. I didn't even I'd take my first flight until I was like 19 was the first time I got on a plane. So you so, were... So you were that age of the characters in this film, of the main characters in this film. You you were you were in the area at at the age that they are, uh, is what I mean. So like, did you know guys like this? Did you know like Will's or Chucky's in your life? Oh, they're also like that. <laughs> There's like, <laughs> uh, it's it it really is it, it, it's astounding. Like one of my favorite things, even when I go home, is like stepping off the plane in Logan airport and immediately hearing that just like just abrasive accent over the intercom. It's just, you know, and like, and how there's a Dunkin' Donuts the second that you get off the plane. It's like yes. in every terminal right there. And it is like, it's funny because Boston has so many stereotypes, but they're stereotypes for a reason because they're not far off. Like, like the character, I mean, they're definitely, you know, like the Matt and Ben characters in that film are definitely you know like hyped up a little bit but it's it's pretty accurate like just a mm -hmm. like a pack of dude bros running around in you know boston gear just constantly being like like 
what the towards the end of the movie when he gives him the when they get him the car yes like we were laughing so hard last night because even just that throwaway line where he's like oh yeah you know he wanted to get he wanted to get you a a, he wanted to get you a, a pass on the T or whatever. And he's like, that's not what I meant. And he's just like, it's so funny because they're just like, yeah, like everybody has that like pack of friends with the one dude, right. just like a ding dong. And it's like, it's just, it's so funny. It, it's, it's pretty spot on. Like it's, it's, that's how it is. And did you have like, did you have a lot of experience like, like dating guys like that or having them like, like around you or the, did you ever get like the, the, the chucky oh, yeah. in, in the bar hitting on you type situation? A hundred percent. Like even my brother now still lives back East and there was a big age difference between us. He's 10 years younger than me. So he's, yeah. um, he's 25 now or he'll be 25 next month. And um, he is so funny because, you know, my, he still lives at home. He uh, works at the boys and girls club. And uh, the only hobby he has is playing cornhole. So he's Wait. like, immersed in the culture it's like what are you doing hey and everybody calls him by his last name tossie what are you doing you're gonna play cornhole yeah come over here get a six pack come on over we got lights built into the side of it we're gonna play out in the yard and that's just like that's that's it that's all they do (laughs) please please remind me what cornhole is that's the game that you have it's like the it's like built on a slant and it's like the sandbags there's a hole in the thing and you toss and you try to get it in the yeah it's I'd say dude bros in upstate New York also love cornhole. Thank you. It's a very, it's a very New England thing. I, it's okay. also Southern, I guess, but it's very New England, too. I, you know, I, I, I'm from the South. We did not play cornhole, at least in, you know, the Tampa, Florida area. We didn't have a lot of bags to throw around, I guess. But so this, is, <laughs> this is news to me, but apparently it's, it's a thing. Okay, cornhole. Cornhole it is. Oh, yeah. Yep. We have a townie bar that that's where my brother plays. It's called the winner's circle. And guess what? There aren't there. <laughs> <laughs> and it's very, it's like cash only. Uh-huh. Like, like the, you can get scratchers there. Everybody's just scratch. There's like a million TVs. Everybody's scratching the scratchers. You, they got the pull tabs. There's got, they have Kino. It's like, like I, I, it's one of my favorite places to go when I go yes. home because it's very like, just super Boston-y, like, oh, you can get over fried clams with it, too. And you're just like, thank thank God. <laughs> I just like, want to <laughs> – go ahead. I feel like I had that. a very Boston-esque uh, interaction. Uh, the last time I was in Boston, it was to perform – oh, my gosh. I can't remember the name of the place, but it was apparently infamous because right outside there was a stabbing involving a now-dead football player, maybe Aaron – Hernandez? Yeah, I don't. Unfortunately, I do not remember the name of the venue. But after the show, I was with friends. uh, Oh, and one of those was uh, uh, Natalie Wall, who also has a More Banana podcast. Yes, yes, it's a whole family. My my cousin who lives in Boston was walking next to me with her and a few other uh, people. And this group of like drunk young guys is like walking by us. We were dressed very nicely. and, And they were like, come on, high five, high five. And I oh, figured God. it was probably a reason to like make a, make, you know, talk to us. And I, we didn't. And I just kind of was like, no, thank you. And then he yeah. went, you suck. And then just kept walking <laughs> and it felt, felt very Boston. Yeah. No, that's about yeah. right. It was very, a pack. It was a pack of dudes. That was it. <laughs> 
was, it was <laughs> Chucky and Will and and, yeah. and and Casey Affleck and all those guys. Yes, that's right. For oh my sure. God. <laughs> I, all right, wait, I, I do want to play the trailer uh, to, to Goodwill Hunting, and then we'll, we'll go from there. But before I do that, I, I want to say that in my hometown of Lakeland, Florida, which is a very Tampa place, there is also a bar called the Winner's Circle. No way! Yes. Oh. And also not a lot of uh, winners in the Winner's Circle. My, mm-hmm. my little sister was a, was a waitress there for like two months. Oh. Uh, you could not get fried clams at that Winner's Circle probably get it like a pack of menthols and like the clap, but not, um, <laughs> but not fried clamps. All right. So let's, let's do some, uh, let's do some trailer watching just a sec. I'm going to share the screen and Ooh. cut right over. Hold on. On the campus of one of America's leading universities. There is a problem on the main hallway chalkboard. Took my colleagues and I more than two years to prove I'm hoping that one of you might prove it by the end of the semester. The most gifted mind to ever enter its classrooms. This is correct. Who did this? Is the person who cleans its floors. I just need the name of this guy who works in my building. Got this job through his PO, you can call him. PO? Parole officer. Meet Will Hunting. I've been looking over this rap sheet of yours. Assault, theft, resisting. I've spoken to the judge, and he's agreed to release you under my supervision. Really? You have to meet with a therapist every week. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty good. (laughs) For the first time in his life, he's about to meet his match. How many shrinks you go to before me? Five. This boy's genius is unparalleled. I need someone who can get through to him. Yeah, let's do it. I'm pumped. Let's let the healing begin. I went on a date last week. Going out again? I don't know. This girl's like, you know, beautiful. She's smart. She's fun. <laughs> She's like perfect right now. I don't want to ruin that. Maybe you're perfect right now. Maybe you don't want to ruin that. Have you talked to him at all about his future? Give him time to figure out what he wants. This boy has that gift. Can you imagine if Einstein would have given that up just to get drunk with his buddies every night? Some people can never believe in themselves. I can't learn anything from you unless you want to talk about you. Until someone believes in them. You can do anything you want. You are bound by nothing. And you're sitting on a winning lottery ticket. I'd do anything to have what you got. And some never know how much they can have. I love you. Until they discover how much they can give. Academy Award winner Robin Williams. Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, Stellan Skarsgård, and Minnie Driver. Goodwill Hunting. Nominated for nine. Ac- All right. I have so share. many thoughts. Oh, yes. <laughs> Valerie, please go for it. Let's hear those, let's hear those thoughts. Okay, first of all, the, I forgot, the judge who's like sentencing Will has yes. the best accent is probably a local hire. <laughs> Absolutely. Probably, probably a judge. Uh, number one. Number two, did that sound like a Dido ripoff when the, towards the end of that? Probably. Oh, yeah, I was, I was thinking like, I was thinking like, uh, like Folgers commercial from like the late 90s is what I was thinking. I don't know why, but I was thinking of the music from the movie, The Social Network, which came out many years later. Yeah, a little bit oh. of that. But it, that is what it reminded me of. And the, in the, and the music in this movie sounds nothing like the That's, music in the right. trailer. Right. It's, 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 it's this wall-to-wall Elliot Smith in the actual Weird. movie. But like... <laughs> the trailer's so funny because it, like, 
the the voiceover for it is so like stereotypical like who just couldn't believe in himself and you're like oh my god also mini driver is so goddamn cute in that movie she i is. love her she's so, so much good. she's so good in there uh her her skin flawless it makes me furious every time they push in on a close-up and i'm like does this bitch even have concealer on like i hate you <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> she's, i'm she's... pretty impressed that because i think they're supposed to be they at one point they say his age which is like 21 yeah he's, and he's, I feel he turns like, 21 at the end of the film as part of yeah. his parole basically. i'm impressed at how uh uh how mini driver really just went for it i love yeah. that i was like yeah. wow at 21 took me a long time yeah. to pull that move. So yeah. very yeah, impressed. Absolutely. I think that's one of the things of the movie that made me now watching it, like when I, I, I seeing it with a fresh set of eyes on a rewatch that made me so mad was seeing how smart and beautiful and like open the mini driver was and how he just annihilates her mentally and it, like at the end, repeatedly, like, yeah, yes. And then at the end, where he's like, "I gotta go see about a girl," and like you know, and and there's that like the end of the movie is just the shitty car he's in. He's clearly driving cross country to go right. be with her. And I was like, I wish that they showed what happens when he shows up, and I hope she slams the door in his face because like <laughs> fuck you, <Yeah. laughs> what what an asshole he was to her. And like what a fuck boy too just being like sorry yeah. i sucked but i'm gonna show up unannounced after doing this like oh, i'm so romantic driving across the country no you had your chance dipshit like oh it makes me so mad she on 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 two occasions she she just goes i love you and lets it hang in the air the first time he's like yep. i don't love you and the second time he's like well nice talking to you and then like yeah <laughs> strike two I, I you're wrote, out bro i wrote a note down which is Minnie was in love with Matt Damon after, I'm, and I, I, I made up this number, four dates? How, many, mm-hmm. how long had they been together, you think? I think it was a couple of months, but it, okay. it, it's hard because it, like marking the passage of time in it is kind of difficult. Yeah. But it, I, yeah. Think, I think that that's how long it was. But like even that, um, when she says I love you to him when he's on the payphone to her, and the thing that makes me so mad is she says it, he like smiles and takes it in as like, she does love me. And, and then it's still such a complete asshole such a and dick. hangs it yeah. up and you're like, fucking, are you serious, dude? Like, oh God, what a piece of shit. <laughs> it's, also, it's also interesting to watch this movie. Like this was the only time I've ever seen it and I am 32. I could imagine watching this at 21 or younger and being like, yeah, this makes sense. He's going to come with her to yeah. be, you know, a movie. Uh, yeah. like, now I'm like, very true. absolutely not. Yes. But yeah. I can imagine having a very different, like, th- like thinking it was like romantic. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what a lot of effort people would go through. Like it, it takes a village to like fix a broken white boy in this movie. Like everyone, everyone wants to make <laughs> Will better. Like the whole universe of the film is like, like everyone, all of his friends are like, Will's the greatest. He doesn't, he shouldn't hang out with us. He, we're, we're garbage. And then like Mini Driver giving him endless numbers of, you know, second and third and fourth chances, this whole like infrastructure, this whole like legal infrastructure, like just helping this boy out. This is helping this boy out. And like, yeah. yeah I, I recognize this, this might be, um, you know, I, as, as a only living there for one year person, 
you know, and I think it definitely shows in the movie. Is it uh, diverse? I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> is, uh, is Boston diverse? What do you think? Oh, the uh, film? Is well, the well, film? I meant like, is, is the film representative of that? Because what was very funny for me as I was watching this was like this idea that like, or even at the very early on when um, the professor who I only know by his actor name, Stellan Skarsgård, yeah. he's the custodian walking away and is like, how dare you? Or, or something like that. And there's no, uh, there's no people of color in this movie. And so it was just like a very strange thing for me to see the separation of like, people's struggles only based on class, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Like yeah. it seemed like, yeah. you know, that was the only discussion of like, here are some really wealthy white people and they're looking down on and, people and from so Southie. Wealthy white people, yes. Is that yeah. where Mark Wahlberg is from? This, this is how limited my knowledge is. I'm like, oh, Southie, is that like <laughs> the only bad, the only bad place in Boston? I don't know if that's true. I love that I basically mini driver was like their diversity hire. Yes. <laughs> yeah. She like, she's got a different diverse. accent. She's right. <laughs> and a woman. Yeah. And a so, woman. That's yeah. right. With with an accent, with her natural accent. Yes. Uh uh Valerie, like uh let us know. Like how how diverse is Boston? Like what what did they get right or wrong about the representation? Um it's it's right and wrong, I feel like at the same time, because like some what is he supposed to be like 20 some 20 year old white kid being the janitor at harvard doubtful you know what i mean like it's probably like for in on the west coast you know our uh larger uh, people like people of color are typically you know mexican where in the east coast on the east coast it's more uh we have a lot of um people from puerto rico we have a lot of people from uh brazil and mostly Puerto Rican, but still uh, Brazilians too. And it's, it's so weird that like, that you don't see anybody of color. And there's also a very large black community too in Boston as well. Like the Southie is, is more white uh, where they're from there, you know, but if they, if they showed anything from like Dorchester or Roxbury or any of that stuff, you're going to have more yeah. people of color. Um, I think maybe because they're at a Harvard bar, supposedly for that supposedly. one, that that's probably why it's like more white. I think because of, I think the city itself is much more diverse than what they showed, but because of what, of what they were showing, they, and just because of the time that this movie was made where everything was so whitewashed anyway, mm-hmm. that yeah, it's, yeah. you know what I mean? That I think it's, it's definitely, it's kind of like a hybrid of the two. Yeah. Where and that is it's frustrating too because I mean I notice that a lot whenever I watch movies from that time period I'm just like where are the people of color? <laughs> like to clarify, I'm not surprised about no, the representation. No, of course not. <laughs> I wouldn't anything, think so. It was just because I feel like this is a movie, much like the film Spice World. Yes, I am making a comparison. Absolutely, much like uh, the film Spice World. I wish I had seen Spice World. <laughs> when it came out, because I feel like I would have had a greater appreciation for it. Uh-huh. Space Jam, which I did not see until I was an adult. Wow. So I do miss, I miss and could, and could imagine myself having a more nostalgic connection to the film as a much younger person without, as a much younger person who had not left New England yet. 
because it was yeah. like I was born in uh, uh, in New York, but I did spend my formative years in New England and then went to college in New England for two years and then came back to New York. So I feel like now, like that bar scene where it's like the guy with the ponytail again versus Matt Damon, it was just so funny to me because they're supposed to be these two guys that are from two different worlds. And to me, the only difference was that this one guy had a ponytail and the and Matt Damon yeah. did it. I was like, oh, he's got a ponytail. Different worlds. In this well, I'll, I'll say this too. Even now, like whenever I go home, because my family, so like I said, I'm originally from Lynn right outside of Boston. But when I was like 10 or 11, we moved up to Salisbury, which is the most northern part of the state. And the next town over is in New Hampshire. So it's like, it's north. Yeah. Every time I go home, it's jarring because when you grow up in it, you don't think about it. But then when you leave and come back, you're like, oh, everybody here is white. It's really fucking creepy where you're like, it's, you, you, bar- you barely see people of color. And it's fucking weird, especially living in LA for that long and coming back and just being like, this is, this is, I don't like this at all. Like it's, it's very weird. So I, de- so, yeah. you know, then I think, so, so that's like, you know, going back to what we were talking about, like, yeah, I think it showcases a lot of white people in the movie, but because it is pretty whitewashed there, there's definitely people of color there, but like, it's right. jarring sometimes <clears throat> when you're there and you're like, ugh, this is, ugh, this is weird. Yeah, you know, and like, and like, that's, that's, um, like, in a comedy community, you, you definitely get, like, a lot of, like, people talking about, like, going up to Boston and, like, just the, hearing a bunch of, like, racist comics up, up there oh, God, yeah. <laughs> doing, doing things that you wouldn't do in L.A. and New York. So, uh, the fact that it is kind of whitewashed doesn't surprise me. I mean, I don't have a lot of experience. Like I said, I spent some time in Cambridge, but that doesn't really count. Also, Um, I have an accent question because so like, okay, so take the, the guy with the ponytail who didn't have an accent at a certain point, if you are from Boston or, or, and have the accent, do you just like make a decision to just get rid of the accent? I did. (laughs) Got it. I think when I was growing up, my parents, their accent was very thick. And when we moved up further North, the accent kind of dissipates a little bit. But it's definitely still there, but it, it's not as abrasive. And I realized, I was like, oh, not everybody sounds like this. I need to work on that a little bit because I knew that I was going to try to, you know, go into acting or whatever, and I didn't want to be pigeonholed. And so I kind of, but I've always had an ear too, because I did music and whatever. So I, I could easily like hear the differences and it's easy for me to like pull the accent back out because my parents are so thick with their accents, but because a lot of people tell me, they're like, oh, I didn't even know you were from Boston. Like, I, I don't hear the accent. I'm like, mm, that's by choice. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just, I, I asked because that also feels like the sort of class barrier. Mm-hmm. Or like, yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. Like, nobody sounds like the Kennedys. What accent is that? <laughs> and they're from there. <laughs> uh, we're so rich, we're going to create our own create, dialect. Create our own <laughs> Kennedy accent. No, it, I, it's funny you mentioned that, Anita, because um, uh, I spent a lot of time uh, trying to artificially raise my voice so that I, I come across as more feminine. Like I've gotten actually less strict about it as I've as I've gotten you know further into comedy. I, I three years ago I was like really trying very hard to sound as feminine as possible all the time, but it had the other effect of uh, obliterating my southern accent because huh. I was from 
Florida, which has a, its own unique sort of like garbly kind of like um, Southern version of, a, of an accent. And like that went away because I had to do all this with my voice. And then it, it just, the, the accent had no more room basically to manifest. Oh, this feels like a great time for me to mention. Well, yes, and it's apparent this is a, a, oh, an excuse for me to bring up Robin Williams' amazing acting range. Oh, yeah, totally. What's so interesting when I hear people talking about being from Florida, because the only place that I've been in Florida that I spent, I went, I go every summer was visiting my grandparents in Miami, Miami Beach. Yeah. And yeah. from the way everyone describes the rest of Florida to Miami Beach, nothing it's like, like it. Different worlds. <laughs> Night which reminds yes. me of one of my favorite films, which maybe it's maybe it's my Goodwill Hunting, The Birdcage with Robin. Oh, oh so that good. Movie, that movie feels representative of Miami for me. Yeah. All right, we're gonna play another clip. This is the uh, the scene after um, after Matt and uh, Minnie meet. This is the very famous "How do you like them apples?" scene. Yes. Uh, and then we're going to talk about, uh, we're talk about uh, narcissistic um, malfunctioning boys and what we've all done to help them become better <laughs> in just a sec. Here we go. Because someone has to. Because somebody <laughs> has to. Exactly. You're an idiot. What? You're an idiot. I've been sitting over there for 45 minutes waiting for you to come and talk to me. But I'm tired now and I have to go home. And... I couldn't sit there anymore waiting for you. Well, I'm well. Skylar. Skylar. Oh, and by the way, that guy over there, Michael Bolton clone. <laughs> what? Sing with us, so to speak. Uh, yeah, no, I kind of got that impression. Good. Okay. Well, I've got to go. Got to get up early and waste some more money on my overpriced education. No, I didn't mean you. I... Oh, that's all right. There's my number. So maybe we can go out for coffee sometime. All right, yeah. Maybe we could just get together and eat a bunch of caramels. What do you mean? When you think about it, it's as arbitrary as drinking coffee. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, right then. <laughs> Yo! Hey, fucking thing. It does not fucking bodies right now. Hey, wait, hold on. Skiing trip. Oh, I should have beat that old bitch's ass. Do you like apples? Yeah. Well, I got a number. How do you like them apples? <laughs> <laughs> All right, that. That is a charming little scene, I have to I say. I love that. I, I do, too. I, I feel so grateful that I did not, it hadn't been ruined for me. Oh, really? So, yeah. You didn't, really? you didn't know anything about that scene. No. It feels, I, and I, so I will not spoil. I'll just say that this was me, like, finally having a movie. Like, I don't know if you guys have seen Seven. I won't mm -hmm. ruin it. Oh, What's in the Box? That film, yeah. I already yeah. knew. And that, right. like, takes takes so yeah this i didn't see it coming and i was like wow okay okay that was <laughs> that, a good burn that was that was fresh wow you got it fresh nice yeah nice. so you know I, my question i asked last night the how do you like them apples did they is that a, like a colloquialism from like or 
is it just from this movie? Because I'd never heard it before. Oh, I've heard it plenty. Yeah, yeah. I've but is it, it from that movie, though? Like, did you hear, you know what I mean? Because the movie's been around since 97. No, so, like, I, think, I think, yeah, I think my dad would say shit like that. My dad was um, from Indiana, and he would say all kinds of colorful, weird stuff. And he would say, how do you like them apples? Okay. Yeah, otherwise it would be such a weird thing. Yeah. <laughs> to be yeah. like, how do you like the apples? Also loved the nerd coming out in him before that. Yeah. With the caramels thing. I was like, yeah. wow, that was like a level of like philosophical nerdiness. Yes, and then and then being philosophical and hitting the Boston hard on arbitrary and coffee. Arbitrary, yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> also, um, I looked it up because I wanted to know, because I was like, I wonder if they're close in age. And I looked at Mini Driver and uh, Matt Damon. Uh, Mini Driver looks amazing still. Oh, yeah. I, I have no doubt. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm like, stare. I'm like, okay, I'll see you later. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but. Yeah, that's, you know, watching, watching this uh, movie, I, I kept trying to imagine this from Mini Driver's perspective. Um, because I think her character... She does so well in the film, but for her character getting such a short shrift compared to what everybody else gets, like she's like she does a lot of work just being mini driver. As the only woman, as the only woman in the film, gets less dimension to her than like Chucky does. But like, um, and like, yeah, I just like this is if this movie were about mini driver, it would just be a movie about a, a woman getting her heart repeatedly stomped on by by this boy genius and like that that would be that would actually be kind of an interesting film but like i I would at least identify with it more like i i used i used to identify with the boy genius because i i was uh one back in the day i've i've lost the boyness and i've gotten much dumber over the years (laughs) so so i that was the one thing that i that stuck out at me is like when i watched it when i was young i was like yeah that's you know that's that's how i feel i'm smarter than everyone else and like and i'm an asshole about it and like now i watch it and i'm like i'm like mini driver i'm just you know i'm just here i'm just here picking up pieces for other people she really put it all on the line and i feel like That's when I was reminded this was written by two men, or it's just that's how Hollywood works. But written like by four it, men, actually. Oh, excuse me, ex- four men. Oh, that help, that explains it. She is so like with everything about her character, the fact that she's like puts it all out there, asks him to move. I would expect if that were like her character, I mm-hmm. would think she'd be done after that first like fuck you. Yeah. Which then again. Well, I, I wonder, too, from her perspective, I think she's probably a little shocked that he has the reaction that he does because in her eyes, and I think in even the viewer's eyes, she's probably like, well, what does he have here? You know what I mean? Like, because, you know what I mean? Like, obviously something's up if he never lets her come to his place. Yeah. The, the whole brother thing is like, I mean, she's like, "What do you? I didn't know you didn't have bra-. It's like you knew twelve. You know. Get, out, yeah, get the fuck was, out of here. Was, and you've never met a story. single yes. one. Get the yeah. fuck out of here. Um, but yeah, so it's like you know, she obviously knows that he he's not in school. He's you know what I mean. Like he's and he she knows about his like his arrest history and stuff. So it's like she's probably thinking like, oh, he'll for sure come because there's nothing for him here. Yeah, you know, and, and then. 
he's a dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> and like everybody is like that. Everyone except for Stellan who wants him to get a job is like, just get the fuck out of here. Just go. Well, I will say one character uh, turn that really surprised me was Ben Affleck's character because yeah. I assumed yeah. what was going to happen in this movie from the beginning was that he was going to have some fight with Matt Damon like halfway through the movie where he's like, mm-hmm. Who, who do you think you are? You think you're better than me or something? And like that me? causes a rift. But yeah. then the fact that like suddenly they, ha- like they have that conversation when they're both doing construction where he's like, no, man, what? No, you got to get out of here. I, 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 that really sh- shocked me. I'll say this. People from Boston are very difficult, very stubborn, very hard-headed, but they're very, very loyal. And I think that that is a good representation kind of of what you come up against because if somebody touts that they're better, like the Harvard asshole that Matt Damon runs into, then he's a real piece of shit. But somebody that isn't willing to accept the fact that they are smart and that they have gifts that they're not utilizing, people are like, are you out of your fucking mind? Like, what are you doing? Like any of us would kill for that. And yeah, I, I really love that angle because you're right. You, you would think that he'd mm-hmm. be like, oh, well, you're just going to leave the rest of us behind. And there's none of that at all. When I was in college that uh, only year, the first year and only year that I went to school in Massachusetts, uh, I don't know if there's any uh, stereotypes about men from Shrewsbury, but a particular gentleman, not a gentleman, uh, a guy that I went out with like twice who I didn't have sex with and I said I wasn't ready, stopped talking to me. And I found out from his live journal that he had dumped me. Okay, okay. first of all, solid live journal reference. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, solid you, LJ reference, yes. Do you remember your screen name? Because that's one of my favorite things is finding out other people's live journal names. I can't remember. It was so long ago. Okay, mine was Cerulean Sunset. Kill me. Love it. Brilliant <laughs> sunset. Oh no! Um, I'm, I'm a, that that is your stage I, credit from now on. I'm I'm a sick person. I did not even have live journal. I just oh, you just stalked. Have one. <gasps> Wait, and okay. I'm still guilty of stalking. Now I'm very good at it. I'm gonna do that thing now that every person that talks from anybody else from Massachusetts does. What was the guy's first name? Because I wonder if I know him. <laughs> Chris. Oh, that's too general. No, I know. Not. I'll tell you afterwards his full name, but it's a pretty common name. Yeah, I probably don't know. Oh, too bad. I think he works for UPS now. Yes, I go back occasionally just to see what's going on. Just to check on. I I respect that. I respect respect your Snoop game, Anita. Thank you so much. What does it do for for me? Nothing except maybe some false sense of superiority, but not healthy. Nothing (laughs) nothing wrong with that. I fully support it. Fully support it. But I'm glad that he dumped me on live journal early enough (laughs) that I didn't (laughs) waste time on him. Yeah. Absolutely. That is my experience with Massachusetts. A a bullet dodged indeed. All right. We're just about out of time. Anita Flores, please give me your final thoughts. Does Goodwill Hunting give you any uh, insight into the world of men or any other thoughts you have about the film uh, leaving us? I felt that the biggest, uh, I'm really, I'm glad that I finally saw this movie. Yeah. To be fully honest though, not sure if I would have seen it had it not been for it being for a podcast. Of course. Of course. Like you're 32 now. Like what reason would you have to randomly watch Goodwill Hunting? 
That's right. I spend my time watching uh, reruns of Law and Order Special Victims Unit. But re- regardless, are you my mom? <laughs> I am. I'm your mom. I watch the Golden Girls. I'm your mom, and a lot of moms listen to my podcast, which is about Frasier. Anyway, uh, so the biggest insight that I took away from this was how emotionally connected at least some men can be to sports. Yeah, because that was yeah. so interesting to me the conversation that Robin Williams and Matt Damon have about the, yeah, the, the game. Yeah. Yeah. With his wife right. intersected with wife. the Red Sox. And, and you could just see Matt Damon was like, yes, I remember the game. I remember. Ugh. And so it's very interesting to me just how connected some men can be to sports, how and, emotional it can yeah. be. And yeah. just, just the way that those two actors were selling it. Robin Williams is so good in all of his scenes, but especially that one. Um, I met. Yeah. 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 So I guess my takeaway is men, some men love sports and uh, I think therapy is great. Yes, (laughs) I do. And the men that love sports are the ones that should be going to therapy. Absolutely. There you go. There's the connective tissue. All right, Valerie Tossie. Uh, Same question on the rewatch. You're, you're a woman of the world. Now you've gotten out of the, of the Boston area, watching it back again, the, the life that you have now, have you, do you have any deeper perspective on that time, the men in that area or men in general or, or what? It is funny to go back and watch. Um, it, it, it does two things watching that movie. It makes me nostalgic for, you know, being home and being around my family and seeing, you know, just the comfort of what I know and hold dear. But it also makes me so thankful that I did choose to leave and that I, you know, now live in a place that is more culturally diverse and, you know, accepts people that are different. And it, uh, yeah, it's, it is weird because I sometimes feel like I've lived two lives, you know, because I, because I didn't leave until I was 23 and I had a whole life before I came out here. Like I, it's so weird. Like I worked, I worked as a 911 dispatcher for a police department for years before I moved out to LA. So like when I tell people that they're like, what? And it just feels like a million years ago. Like it doesn't even feel like I actually, it feels like I dreamt it. But I lit, like ironically too, the police department that I worked at, I worked with John Cena's brother, (laughs) which is super random because he's from our, our neighboring town. Uh, but so it's, it's very, I don't know. It, it, it is like, I love that movie and I love, and I do, I miss being home in Boston, but, uh, I do love Los Angeles a lot. I, yeah, I, I agree. I, I, I kind of miss the Tampa, Florida area, but like, I don't have any desire to like be there. Yeah. I do miss, I do miss New York city. And you know, when it's, when it's finally safe to, to like travel there someday, I would like to come see it again. And, uh, maybe we can meet at, at more banana headquarters, Anita. <laughs> I would love to, I mean, this all sucks, this whole situation, yeah. but I still, man, I love New York. Yeah. I really, you know, really love it here. All right. It's very I was just planning a New York trip living too. anywhere else. All right. Anita Flores, uh, let everyone listening in know where they can find you on the internet. And, uh, since you're not going anywhere anytime soon, uh, no, I'm not be with that as you may. Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Anita Jutina. That's A-N-I-T-A-J-E-W-T-I-N-A because I'm a Jewish Latina and nobody else has that handle. So 
There you uh, go. Yeah, and what am I up to on there? Maybe I'll bring back, uh, you know, I have a podcast about Frasier called I'm Listening, a, uh, a Frasier fan podcast. I also conducted my first Instagram Live yesterday. Oh, uh, and it nice. was uh, I, host, I hosted a show called uh, Throws and Lows, where people showed me their throw pillows and pillows <laughs> and interesting inanimate objects. <laughs> it was really fun. And nice. I might take it weekly nice. on Wednesdays at 6 p.m. So follow me on Instagram and Twitter to keep up. <laughs> okay. Valerie Tossi, same thing. Where, where can the people listening and find you on the internet and elsewhere? Oh, uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Valerie underscore Tossi. Uh, Tossi is with one S, which is probably why everyone calls me Tosi. <laughs> um, I, will, I will correct people from now on. I, I, I will you. fight the, the fight on, on your behalf because <laughs> everyone calls you Tosi. It's, it's, it it infected me. Yes. Uh, but yeah, you can find me on there. I'm doing a weekly, uh, a weekly show that I'm shooting in my apartment uh, called Chaos Corner while we're in quarantine and just doing like a five minute like pseudo late night show from my apartment because why not? Uh, all the other exactly. late night hosts are doing it. So why not? Okay. Uh, yeah, and I uh, normally, when we're out allowed in the open, I run a monthly all-female show called The Mermaid Comedy Hour at the Hollywood Improv. So uh, hopefully that will be back soon because I miss doing real stand-up. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Uh, as, and as for me, uh, you can find me uh, at Gina Bloom. That's J-E-E-N... No, spelled my own name wrong. That's J-E-E-N-A-B-L-O-O-M. Uh, that's on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you can find me right here on Sweet Ladies Guide to Brew Culture every week uh, throughout the month of May, where we wrap up our second season in quarantine. And uh, you can find me uh, every Saturday night hosting a Zoom show because that's what we've all been reduced to. Uh, that's Make It <laughs> Rain uh, every Saturday, 7 p.m., 10 Eastern. All right, uh, ladies, thank you so much for for coming on and. Um, uh, that's it for our show. How do you like them apples? Ah.